Are you thinking of becoming an entrepreneur, but you're not exactly sure if that is for you? Or you have tried a few times, but you have failed. Or maybe you are currently on your journey, but you're not exactly sure you're taking the right path and if you're doing the right things. Follow along on this podcast where I will be sharing my entrepreneurial journey with you all. I will be sharing my successes, my failures, and also my challenges. The best part is I will also be interviewing fellow entrepreneurs that will be sharing their stories and their successes. This is my podcast, Entrepreneurial Journey, and I am Joy Nicholson. Hi, everyone. As you know, um, I have started my podcast to tell you guys about my entrepreneurial journey, and I have been sharing my journey with you guys. And I thought, what better way to tie in with all of that than to interview people that have their own journey to share. So today, I want to welcome... Galen. He is from Ontario. Am I pronouncing that right, Ontario? And he is an established entrepreneur. And I've met him when I did the OFA challenge, which is the one final way challenge back in February. Hi, Galen. Hey, Joy. How's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you for having me. It's really awesome to have you on here. Um, So firstly, I just want to say thank you very much to agreeing, um, you know, to do this interview with me. I really appreciate that. And I'm super excited. So I might stumble on my words. So just, you know, when I do that, bear with me. English is not my no language. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So I have been following your journey and um, I'm on your Facebook group, which I think is really great. You and Emma are doing a great job with your, with, you know, with your posts and everything else. Thank you. And I do love listening to your guy laughs. I find them quite inspirational. So, um, yeah, so I just, you know, let's kick it off with some questions. Um, do you mind telling everybody where you're from and, um, you know, where did you grow up, that type of thing? So... Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, so to make it short, um, I have lived in four different countries on three different continents, and I have three passports. Um, But the long and the short of it is I grew up in the southern United States, um, moved around a ton, uh, and ended up in Venezuela for 10 years, where I met my wife. We got married. Our son was born there. And then we left because um, it's a wonderful country, but there was a lot of insecurity. Um, I got carjacked. I almost got kidnapped. um, And we were worried about our our son and ourselves and so we left and we ended up in eastern Ontario so a couple hours east of Toronto and um yeah so I've had I've had a lot of interesting adventures um like I said I almost got kidnapped by Colombian paramilitaries I got bit on the foot by a rat one time when I was sleeping in a shack in the jungle Uh, I've been to the bottom of the world's tallest waterfall and my dad is a professional Santa who's been on the cover of the New York Times so that's me. That's, awesome. <laughs> that's, that's really, really cool. How was it? How did it feel to be bitten by a rat? <laughs> yeah, the bitten by the rat was awful. Um, I was asleep. I was sleeping on the floor of um, a shack and I was sleeping on the floor of the shack because I didn't want anyone to steal the computer of the nonprofit I was working for because there was a hole in the wall. It's a long story why there was a hole in the wall. But um, I woke up with this searing pain on my ankle bone and I was actually dreaming and I dreamt a frog had bit me. And I woke up and I was half asleep and I thought it was a frog hopping away. And then I kind of woke up and it was a rat. And I looked at my ankle bone and I could see two, like just the teeth marks, just like two lines <laughs> down my ankle bone. Um, so I went to the hospital. I got some antibiotics. They said rats didn't have rabies. So here I am. They made a lot of jokes about me having feet that smell like cheese. <laughs> Everyone made fun of me at the hospital for a while. but that's a great story i am i have a big phobia for rats so i would completely freak out i don't mind spiders they can crawl over me but i don't like rats so i (laughs) yuck um (laughs) i can imagine i can imagine um so have you always been an entrepreneur or is that something that you kind of 
decided along the way or you know is it in your blood that do you come from a family of entrepreneurs how did you start your journey that's really yeah like that's a really great question um yeah so i think i've always had entrepreneurship in my blood in the sense that i'm very creative and i get very excited about things i think that's part of what's the nature of the entrepreneur on the other hand there's the struggle of the entrepreneur which is to focus long enough to achieve something um but i've had that so i've had like four or five careers by now um i used i went to film school for a while so i did my undergraduate i studied uh, philosophy and math then i went to film school for a while made a few movies then i went to south america i worked at a nonprofit. Then I became a teacher. Um, then now I'm a financial advisor. It's the first time I've been really self-employed. And so I started to hang out with a lot of entrepreneurs because I found that hanging out with entrepreneurs really expanded my vision of what was possible in my business. And I love financial advisors, but when I spent time with financial advisors, it was like I was sitting at a table with like 10 people and we were having great conversations and they were teaching me lots of stuff. But as soon as I started hanging out with entrepreneurs, it's like the house lights went up and I'm in like this huge banquet hall and there's hundreds of tables full of people having great conversations. And that's what it's like to be a part of an entrepreneur uh, community. And so um, my parents were not entrepreneurs in the sense of, I mean, my dad is a physician. He's a doctor. Um, like I said, he's now he's retired, but he's a professional, semi-retired, but now he's a more, more professional Santa. And my mom was a nurse growing up, but we moved around a lot. Like there's some things there of kind of like, you know, restlessness that I think is part of the entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. So no, it's really, I'd really only call myself an entrepreneur. Um, a couple years ago, I was calling myself an entrepreneur and I read, all I read was this sentence and all it said was, are you a business owner or are you an entrepreneur? And it hit me because I kind of thought they were the same thing. And then I realized they're not the same thing. Uh, someone can own a business and not be innovative and not be um, an entrepreneur. Like they can just be a business owner. And at the time I really was more of a business owner than an entrepreneur. So I started listening to a lot of entrepreneur podcasts. That's what started me down this whole journey was a podcast episode. And um, so, yeah, so that's my history with entrepreneurship. And so now it's something I do a bit on the side. I, I mean, my, my whole thing is called Side Hustle Army, but I also pull back the curtain a little bit about how I build my business as an advisor because I'm just like any store out there. If I don't get people through the door to meet with me, my business closes. So I have to be innovative of how to get people through the door. Yes, that is true. And it is so true what you say about the you know, being an entrepreneur and being surrounded by entrepreneurs, because it can be a very lonely world in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, having that support and those like mindsets around you is absolutely amazing. Um, mm -hmm. I can completely, completely relate to that. Um, so you just said now, you know, getting people, you know, through the door, your customers. So what do you do to advertise? What is your method? Do you do Facebook advertising or, you know, what do you do? How do you get people yeah. to come to you? That's a really good question. Um, I'm a big fan. So that's a really good question, partially because I don't get enough people through the door. So I'm still figuring it out. Um, my favorite way of getting new business is um, through referrals. Um, but if I relied on those alone, currently I would go out of business because I don't get enough consistently. I get some pretty good ones every year. Um, so really my focus right now is ramping up what's called the Dream 100 strategy, which is identifying people who already have my ideal clients uh, like either a list of them or a relationship with them and get that person to prescribe to me. Um, sorry, prescribe my services to them. Uh, so I'm getting that. Uh, well, so I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a financial advisor. I work with physicians and so I'm, I'm, I'm building my team of, uh, accountants who work with physicians, lawyers who work with physicians, and I'm actually inviting them to be on my podcast 
for physicians. Like I'm starting a podcast for physicians to, to compile information that's good for them, necessary for them. Uh, and then the other aspect of Dream 100ing <clears throat> is just going after people, going after my ideal client in a bit of a unique way. So just to quickly talk about that, um, I look them up online, like I figure out where they are, I figure out what their address is, and I mail them a letter with a little bit of, like it's, it's a letter, but then there's a little bit of a handwritten note on it, and it is personalized. I've taken enough time to learn where they went to school, uh, if, they're, if they have a Facebook profile, what their interests are, and tell them what I do, and I invite them to visit my funnel, which is basically a quick way to get to know me. Um, because I'm just like, to, to anyone out there, I'm just like any other advisor until people learn why I do what I do, and they get a taste for the work that I do and how it's unique. And so that's what I'm working on right now is getting people to that doctor funnel. Um, they can see what I'm all about. There's an intro video that does the job of attracting the people that are a good fit and repelling the people that aren't a good fit, which saves me. It's still starting. So I only have, I don't have a lot of results from it, but it has, um, it'll help save me a lot of time and not spending a lot of time with people who aren't ready to engage my services because there's nothing worse than sitting with someone for like two hours. And at the end of it being like, there's no business to be had here. We've both kind of wasted two hours of our life where I could have been hanging out with my children. I could have been watching Game of Thrones. I could have been going for a jog <laughs> and they could have been living their life. Um, but yeah, a funnel that then has a follow-up sequence. It's pretty innovative in my um, uh, business, like in, in, as a financial advisor, not a lot of financial advisors are online. Not a lot of them have podcasts because they're not entrepreneurs usually. They're usually either employees or business owners, but not entrepreneurs. So it gives me a huge edge um, in that in that space. And online marketing, for, especially for that niche, that is that is pretty unique. And um, you know, that's, that's it's a great great way. And the Dream One Hundred is really that's a really really awesome tool to use. Definitely. Um, what is your mission at the outset? You know, so what do you aim to achieve um, with your mission with your business? Where do you see yourself go with your business? Yeah. So my mission with my business is to get to the point where I am, I have a, a stable, steady uh, stream of ideal clients coming to me and uh, steady income. Because as an entrepreneur, part of the stress of owning a business is the fluctuation of having really good months, having really bad months, relying on savings, um, not knowing what the next paycheck is going to look like. Um, so that's really a big part of it is to achieve that stability for me and my family. Um, my mission is really, I mean, I'm pretty fortunate in that it's stable enough for me to spend time with my kids and to spend time with my wife. I go to all my kids field trips. Um, you know, I'm going on two overnight camping trips with them at the end of the school year at the summer we travel. Um, but that being said, um, I'm only able to do that. Like every day I skip uh, doing my job or, or making the phone calls or booking the appointments is a day that I have to make up somewhere or else it's not going to work. So my goal is to get stable. And then my other goal is to really just help people like my dad's a physician and I grew up seeing how he struggled to get good financial advice. Um, when I was a kid, someone asked me what my dad did and my dad was standing there and I was like four or five. And I said, Oh, my dad, um, he's in construction. And my dad looked at me and he was like, what do you mean? I'm not in construction. Why do you think I'm in construction? I said, well, every day after school, we go to a building and you put on a hard hat and you talk to people. And what I didn't know at the time was my dad had gone in uh, into business with a couple other guys trying to build an apartment building that would then be their retirement plan. And I talked to him about it not that long. Like when I became an advisor, I kind of interviewed my dad and I said, how'd that turn out? And he said, well, not too bad. We broke even after five years. 
And uh, I was like, wow. So my dad struggled to get good financial advice most of his life. Um, it's really tough to find someone who is knowledgeable, trustworthy, dependable. I mean, there's just all these things that are hard to find. And so that's my other mission is to really be that for as many physicians as I can uh, in, in, in Ontario and British Columbia, the two provinces where I'm licensed and just help them be doctors. Yeah. Like not, I don't want doctors, kids to think that they're in construction because they're spending all this time trying to build a building to retire uh, mm -hmm. someday, have some financial certainty. Um, which is, so my next question was really to, to ask is like, um, what is the driving factor for you to become an entrepreneur? Um, I'm assuming because your dad has done this journey and you kind of grew up with that is, was that part of your driven factor to, to do what you're doing at the moment? Yeah. So that's a really good question. Um, I haven't really thought about all these things, so it's really great. I can't wait to re-listen to this and see what I said. Um, uh, I, yeah, like when it comes to entrepreneurship, um, so I, I, I became a financial advisor, um, which is basically a sales position. It's a position where I have no guaranteed income. If I don't get business, I don't make money. And I took this job because my wife and I moved to Canada and she had a job she hated. Every day I drove her to work. And um, the closer we got to her work, the more uh, her breathing would get really shallow. And I would want to ask her how she was doing, but I wouldn't because I knew as soon as I asked her how she was doing, she'd start crying. And she didn't want to go into work with her eyes red from crying. And so I'm sitting there as a stay-at-home dad who couldn't find work as a teacher. And I was, the only thing I could think about was I have to get my wife out of there. Like I have to get her out. Her health was suffering. Her happiness was suffering. All of our, you know, like all of us were unhappy to a certain extent because of this. She was making really good money, but it didn't matter. So I, we looked at everything. I thought about starting a bakery. We thought about starting a maternity store. Like we just scoured our options, but it's pretty fascinating because this is six, seven years ago, seven-ish years ago. Um, my scope of what an entrepreneur could do in the online space was very limited. I had no idea really. Like I just thought, if you want to make money on your own, you have to open up a business, a store somewhere. And every time we looked at it, it was going to be so expensive and so difficult. And we were going to have to go into so much debt that I said, this is not going to work. So my financial advisor said, Galen, I think you'd be a good financial advisor. And I said, I don't want to do that. I don't think I'll be good at it. And he, I interviewed him for eight months because I wanted to make sure I was really helping people. And I wanted to make sure I could actually make it like a lot, only 25% of advisors last more than two years. And so I wanted to make sure I'd be one of those. Um, so they showed me kind of how to, how it worked and everything. So I started and I worked like a madman to get, make enough money so my wife could quit her job. So I made enough money in the first year to kind of say, okay, like, you know, and my wife was like, ah, I don't know. It's still kind of sketchy. So she actually stayed for two more years until I got a job that was a salaried position again, salary plus bonus. I was a recruiter. I was a manager. And now we were both in jobs we didn't like. <laughs> but we were making so much money. <laughs> we didn't want to stop. Even though I was 15 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, yeah. Yelling at our kids because we were stressed all the time. Yeah. You know, we traveled but we, we didn't have fun when we traveled because we were both on our phone, on our um, computers that we'd take our laptops everywhere we went because we had to be checking emails at night, making sure that the people we were managing were still happy, you know, all this stuff. So we learned that we had to go on a vacation of at least a week and a half because it took us three days to decompress 
to, to then have a couple days of vacation. And then we'd start stressing again when we had three days left to go back to work. So long story short, I then was let go from that position. I was never going to probably take the leap back into sales because it was too comfortable to stay where I was. And one day my boss's boss and my boss and his boss, we sat down at a table and they slid me an envelope and said, your job's gone. Uh, my wife had just quit her job by the way. Uh, and we had two houses cause we were renovating a house and our income went from a very healthy income over a three month period back to zero guaranteed income. And so th I, that's when I was thrust back into entrepreneurship. <laughs> and within a month or two, I started listening to a lot of entrepreneur podcasts and a lot of mindset podcasts, which really helped me a ton uh, to, to kind of get through that. Wow. That is a pretty, pretty intense um, you know, story. And it's amazing that when you hit that rock bottom, how you, you know, I can say encouraged to take that step. Wow, that's an impressive, impressive story. <laughs> so I assume that you, you attribute that to success then? Would that, be, would that be your attribute to success? Um, or do you have other factors that you would attribute to success? That I started listening to, to, to entrepreneur podcasts? or Well, basically eating rock bottom and oh. know, having to take the steps that you've taken. Well, really, I mean, one of the things that I never forget is the day that I got the news that I was out. Um, you know, it was like a punch in the gut, you know, like I'm sitting there thinking, um, I've just hired some people that I'm supposed to develop. I'm meeting with, I was meeting with like four people the following week to talk about hiring them, you know? Um, and I didn't want to go home and tell my wife. It felt like one of those old movies where like the husband comes home with like the hat and like the briefcase and he like puts down the hat and the briefcase and he says, you know, but I told my wife and she said, all right, we'll figure it out. And um, I think that's really what, what did it was to have my wife's, you know, support in that moment of we'll figure it out. Like, mm -hmm. and um, I think, you know, it's interesting. What I've learned a lot about was the first time around, I was really highly motivated to get my wife out of her job because it was a, I've, I read something recently and I think this is true. Entrepreneurs in general, are more motivated by a positive outcome than driven by the fear of a negative outcome. Yeah. And that resonates with me. Most of the population is more driven by fear of a negative outcome. But entrepreneurs for the most part is, are driven by the potential of a better outcome. Yeah. So when I was working the first time around, I worked like a madman because my positive outcome was going to be my wife could quit her job. Yes. When I lost my job, it took me a long time to reframe things because I was really coming from a place of fear of losing my house. Like that's my biggest fear is that I don't make enough money to keep my house because it, it, it could happen. Like yeah. if I stop making money and the savings runs out and I, and I mean, I don't want to declare bankruptcy. So I'm going to have to just like sell the house and move into something or move in with family or something. So it's only been over the last little bit that I've been able to kind of flip that from fear into positive outcome for my clients, positive outcome for me, positive outcome for my family. And it's really taken me a bit to um, catch myself in those moments where I'm really being driven by fear. I'm not saying some people don't make fear work. Some people can make it work. But I think for me, it was really important to figure out what makes me tick. Yes. And it's not always top of mind. But for me, it really is when I can get present to the why I do what I do. Um, it helps me overcome the fear of calling people the fear of rejection, the fear of you know, getting in front of that client that's not going to be happy, that sort of a thing. 
Mm-hmm. And it's that why, if you don't truly understand and know your why, then yes, I completely, completely get that. Um, actually, one of my previous podcasts, I did speak about that as well. Um, so, so can you tell us what you're working on currently? What is your, um, you know, your next big thing that, um, you know, you, you have in your business at the moment? Can you tell people a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, really one of, like I said, one of the struggles of an entrepreneur of having the entrepreneur brain is to focus and I get really excited about stuff and I start all these different projects and I I have books that are half finished all over the place. So, um, projects currently are, I'm, um, I'm running a few runs of publishing my productivity journal. So I've got my main business, which is financial advice. So on that end, I'm really ramping up the dream 100. I have a whiteboard here, but you can't see it, but it's really interesting. Another thing I'll throw out there is, um, I've learned that where my intentions go or my attention goes, results follow. So for like three or four months, I was working really hard on building my Facebook group and it was growing like crazy. Like, I don't even know how it was growing so fast some days. Like I would get 30 people a day coming in there and I don't even know how it was happening. And it slowed down a lot because my intention is now shifted. I'm still in there. I'm still active. You see me in there. It shifted a little bit to get my financial advice business back up and running because it's been a little bit of a lull lately. So the whiteboard I have over here, I actually erased today a lot of things that are on autopilot now with my Facebook group. I erased those all and I started jotting down the names of people I needed to call today. So I, I jotted it down. I wrote the result I wanted to have and I only erased it if after I called them, I got a different result. Like, so for example, I would write, you know, call Julie book appointment. And I was the result book appointment, booked appointment. And if I called Julie and she didn't book an appointment, I erased it and I said, okay, follow up or whatever. So, um, dream 100 in my business. That's like my number one focus. My second focus is scroll journal. So I've created a productivity journal for distracted entrepreneurs, <laughs> how to focus and hit their next big goal in 91 days or less. Um, I've published it. I'm getting really good reviews on it. So I'm doing a couple live trainings in the next. So first of all, I'm launching, um, the funnel for it. Uh, where people can buy the scroll journal and they can buy the scroll journal comes with um, an audio version of the book. It comes with a private Facebook group just for people who have bought the journal, which contains right now it contains, I think six videos on mindset and how to use the journal. And I'm doing a live training using the journal, which I've done once, which went really, really well. I'm going to record that training so that people that can't make it to that training, it's also included in the journal. It's a three hour training on how to use the journal and how to uh, pick a goal that means something to you. So I'm doing that live and basically I'm going to learn the beauty of creating a, uh, um, a profitable business is I'm going to learn how much money I have to put in and how much I get out. Yes. Okay. So I'm hoping (laughs) it's something like I put a dollar in and I get two out because ATM machine. (laughs) Yeah. Like my math, if my math currently holds true, if I do two scroll journal trainings a day, um, that, sorry, not a day. (laughs) two scroll drill trainings a month of 20 to 40 people, um, I will basically make an average income just off that. Um, and so I'm going to see how that works. Cause that's, I'd like to see that it'll be six hours of effort a month to make a, a higher than average income. And then everything, you know, then I've got my financial stuff going on. So that's what I'm working on. That's really awesome. Now tell me with your school journal, are you going to, um, and I need to get my hands on that book of yours. Uh, are you going to do webinars? Are you going to do it over the internet or are you going to do physical minds, uh, mastermind groups or how are you planning to do? Are you going to do both? 
Yeah, it's a good question. So really at the, at the end of the day, I'm using uh, what's called a core funnel strategy. So I've got my core funnel, which is basically buy, buy the, um, the, the journal that comes with all these amazing things. It has amazing reviews. Um, it comes with a, a live or a recorded three hour long training on how to use the journal. A lot of bonuses. I'm doing an audiobook version where I'm just throwing in all sorts of things I've learned along the way that I didn't have room for in the journal. I didn't want the journal to be so, um, actually I have a copy of it right here. Although some people might just be listening and they can't see it. But anyways, I have it right here, <laughs> the scroll journal. Yes. Okay. And um, so the first 22 pages are all about mindset. And then the first two weeks, there's like a, or every week there's a weekly check-in, but there's also a check-in towards the beginning, which is, you know, how to keep going, how to keep sticking to the goal. Um, so I'm going to do a live training on that, audiobook on that. And then um, people can opt in to a higher level training, which is about, it's a, it's a second book that I'm writing, which is uh, superpower, how to discover your superpower and use it to change the world. And um, that's something I'm really excited about too. So, uh, and then, so sorry, so that's my core funnel. And then over time I'm going to learn, okay, is it good for me to do a productivity webinar uh, to then lead people to it? Is it good to do a, um, a, a, what's called a lead magnet. That's a bit technical, but like where someone gives me their email and they get a free thing. Now they're on my list to go to the, cause I have created a four page um, uh, workbook that is like the best productivity tips I've ever learned packed into one place that people can implement in a day. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I've got the core and then I'm learning how to drive traffic to it from, I'll do a webinar at some point for sure, because it literally lends itself to a webinar. I'll do uh, another offer at some point and it's, I'm just going to learn how to make the machine work. <laughs> that is, that sounds really amazing. And I think it, you know, your, your scroll journal is exactly what entrepreneurs need. I am definitely that one that gets distracted and I've got 10 things going at the same time. So I completely, completely relate to that. So um, as far as um, getting a hold of you on these things, do you have an email address that people can reach out to you? Do you have a website address? Yeah. Yeah. So the best place to find the scroll journal right now is at thesquirreljournal.ca, CA for Canada. So thesquirreljournal.ca. Yes. And people can reach out to me at uh, Galen at SideHustleArmy.com. So that's G-A-L-E-N at SideHustleArmy.com. Um, but ordering the Squirrel Journal is just go ahead and ordering it is the best thing to do probably. And then I've got my podcast, the Side Hustle Army podcast, which you can find on Anchor. Um, and then Side Hustle Army Facebook group. Um, and uh, if people want to join that. Um, one quick thing I was going to say, though, was you talked about the distracted entrepreneur. Um, part One of my first pages is about embracing the squirrel. Like the squirrel idea comes from this movie where this dog, I don't know if you saw the movie Up, but it's a yeah. common thing where people say like squirrel, you know, like you're thinking about something and then it's like squirrel. And I really think that that's the beauty of the entrepreneur brain is that we can get so excited about stuff. Like I get passionate about stuff. And like I spend time with some people who aren't minded like that. And they're like, Galen, like, I got to take a break. <laughs> like, like you are so excited right now. And it's like, after like a while, they're like, I got to I got to take a break. Like your level of energy is really high. You're super excited about stuff. So it's the beauty of the excited, how excited we can get about stuff. <laughs> yeah. That? I get that exact same thing. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the beauty of the journal is really to take that squirrel brain, embrace it, and then channel it towards a goal. And my big, big, big thing is once someone has decided on that goal, it's to stick it out. Even if on day 35, you think I've, I've picked the wrong thing. doesn't matter. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. Because that's what I've learned. I've done the 91 day thing four or five times now. And that's one of the biggest things I've learned is even if I start questioning it, first of all, I'll do a lot of work ahead of time. 
which is included in the journal to, 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 to try to avoid questioning it. But even if I do question it, it's just to keep going because I don't learn anything until I'm done with it. And one of the last things I'll say is like, I heard of something recently that I thought was great where people say, you know, I want all, I want to start my own business or I want to be an entrepreneur. And it's like they go out and it's easy to find the ingredients. Like it's kind of like saying, Oh, I want to bake a cake. And so someone gives you the flour, someone gives you the, 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 the butter, the milk, the everything, but you don't mix it and you don't put it in the oven. It's just like, well, I've got all this stuff, but it's not working. And it's like, it's like seeing it through is just so valuable. And even if it doesn't come out the way we planned, it's just the, the, the journey is the best teacher there is like the journey of finishing that thing will teach has taught me everything I've needed to know. Like I look back at old journals and I'm just blown away where I would write something like, you know, write up, write two pot, write two blogs this week. And I'm like, I can write two blogs in 45 minutes now. Like, why did it used to take me a week to do this? But it's because I just kept trying and I just kept going. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. And I'm looking forward to reading it. Um, I need to get my hands on that. I'm definitely going to get my hands on that. Um, yeah. That's awesome. So thank you so much for having this interview with me. I'm very sure you have been very inspiring to a lot of entrepreneurs that's going to listen to this. Um, your success stories is, is really awesome. And you know, your journey to get there is really inspiring. So thank you so thank you. much. I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, so what we will do is we will drop links on the bottom of, um, you know, um, and then people can reach out to you so they know how to find you as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Yes, definitely. Nice talking to you. Good talking to you too. Bye.